Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, if I were to offer you the choice between two delicious food items, an orange or a bowl of cottage cheese. You said delicious food items. There are people who find both things very delicious. Okay, true. Which one will you take? I would absolutely choose the orange. Every now and then when I'm grocery shopping, I'm in the dairy section and I have this notion, this little voice in my head that pops up and says, Hey, Kristen, you know what you haven't eaten in a while? And I say, what voice in my head? And the voice in my head responds, cottage cheese. And so I get some cottage cheese because I think it's a good idea. And that somehow I'm going to eat the cottage cheese this one time. And it's going to be so good because I've seen people enjoy cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. It's a good source of protein. Mm-hmm. Never happens. It's always a fail. So I would take the orange. Well, Kristen, if you had listened more closely to my question, I did not offer you those two foods to eat. I'm talking about what they're going to look like on your skin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the topic of the day, which is cellulite. And cellulite is often compared to an orange peel, those little, you know, bumps, bumpy orange peel. Mm -hmm. Or it's compared to cottage cheese, those, you know, bigger bumps and chunks and dimples. Mm, Bumps and chunks. And uh, so, yeah, if you replay, I, I was very careful not to offer them to you to eat, but for your skin. But apparently, I just assumed that it is there for most me of the questions eat. I do ask you about are things we're going to eat. But yeah, there is a, uh, this is coming from a cellulite scale that was published in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology. And the scale breaks down cellulite severity by five different measures. So yeah, on one end, the mild end, you've got the orange peel. So you made the right choice if it was going to be on your skin. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So on the one end, you've got the orange peel, but on the worst end is when 
quote, your behind looks like a quilted mattress. Because, yeah, it's just bumps everywhere. Yeah, enormous bumps of cellulite. And Kristen, if you had said, I don't want either the orange or the cottage cheese, that would have been a false choice because every woman, pretty much, I think it's what, like 98%? Well, it's 90%. Okay, well. Close enough. Close enough. 90% of women are going to develop cellulite after puberty at some point in their life. So it's just, for for the great majority of us ladies, it is inevitable. It's so common, in fact, that some dermatologists consider it a secondary sex characteristic for women. Yeah. If you just had a body lying there and you see that telltale orange peel, yeah, be like, that's a woman. That's a woman. Yep. That's cellulite. Uh, and in fact, not surprised here, Molly, we've got estrogen to thank for cellulite because estrogen triggers women's bodies to store extra fat for pregnancy. And this extra fat is the source of cellulite. But when it comes to why cellulite looks the way it does on the skin, why it does have that unpleasant dimpled appearance, there are some conflicting theories about why that is. Yeah, there's three big theories as to why uh, cellulite looks the way it does. One is because of the blood vessels that are underneath the skin. Basically, if your blood isn't flowing uh, through your vessels properly, then cellulite could be created because those dimples are going to appear when uh, the fat presses up against a, a blood vessel that can't fight back, essentially, that's not uh, having enough blood flow to, to push back against that fat. Another theory would say it's the white blood cells, and the people with cellulite have chronically inflamed white blood cells, which cause the skin to lose strength and then also gives that cellulite room to kind of bulge. Because it's, I mean, like you said, it's pockets of fat beneath the skin. Mm-hmm. But then the third and most prominent theory about cellulite boils down to differences between men's and women's connective tissues. And this is pretty fascinating. And you're going to have to, we're going to try and paint a word picture. And it'll be a little hard to follow along without a, a visual. But here goes. Let's let's pretend we're looking at a cross section of the skin. Okay. At the bottom, we've got muscle, all that stuff that's beneath the skin. At the top, we have your actual skin. Mm -hmm. And in between is the connective tissue, the thing that's connecting your skin to everything else that's inside your body. Now, men have what looks like a mesh net on that cross section. I mean, if you just picture like a a basketball hoop or a fishing net, Mm -hmm. it's all crisscrossed. There's all these ways, uh, lots of X's. Women's connective tissue, on the other hand, is shaped like vertical columns. So you have these wider gaps in between the connective tissue. And so the theory is that we have all the cellulite because fat cells will push up in between those columns of connective tissue and push against the skin, creating the dimpled appearance. Yeah. I mean, if you were trying to keep something out, uh, and in this case, it's fat that pushes up against your skin, would you rather have a mesh netting as your connective tissue? Or would you rather have these columns that are perpendicular to your skin? I mean, it's a straight, it's a straight shot up. Basically, as soon as that fat starts heading up your, your two vertical columns, it can just go right up against the skin and create a dimple. And women also have thinner skin than men. So if once that fat does get up into that connective tissue, it's easier to see on a woman than it is a man. So now that we have firmly established that A, almost all women get cellulite, And B, it is a distinct difference between our, you know, the way our skin works and men's skin. Question is, can we get rid of it? Because women spent in 2008 $47 million 
on cellulite reduction products. And how many times, Molly, have we opened up a magazine claiming to hold the secret to cellulite reduction just in time for swimsuit season? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times it's going to collect around our buttocks, thighs, hips, and lower abdomen. So the question is, are we wasting millions, tens of millions of dollars on all these products? You might very well be, Kristen. Just yeah. going to go ahead and give it away now that of that $47 million spent, the same women who spent that money only reported a 25% to 50% improvement in the appearance of their cellulite, and it was a not a permanent improvement. Basically, some of these products, the second you stop using them, the second the cellulite will reappear. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the options out there and which ones might give you at least that temporary improvement that maybe you do want for a, a special occasion or something. Well, first off, we have something called endermology, a.k.a. cellulite massage. And it's sort of like a deep tissue massage that's meant to stimulate blood flow and supposedly remove unhealthy white blood cells. And this would is supposed to work according to that blood vessel theory of cellulite that Molly talked about earlier. Right. If, if it, in fact, your blood isn't flowing correctly, then a massage would get that blood going. And uh, But what really is happening is just it's kind of plumping up your skin. And when it puffs up the skin, then it hides the cellulite temporarily. Then you also have laser treatments. Uh, you have these uh, infrared lasers that are supposed to target the cellulite fat cells and actually melt them away. And a lot of these treatments will cause some bruising immediately afterwards. And again, results are only temporary. Right. Some of these treatments, they say that the, the side effects are worse than, you know, cellulite. If you can learn to love a cellulite a little better, it's better that than the bruising. Now, Molly, what about liposuction? If we just go ahead and get rid of those fat cells to begin with, won't that take care of the problem? Oh, my. No, Kristen. In fact, uh, I was reading one article that said liposuction is the exact opposite of what you should do for cellulite. I mean, it seems intuitive. I mean, if it's fat that's pushing up against your skin, then you would seem like just taking the fat out, yes, would work. But it it can't target the cellulite directly. You can't predict how the fat's going to come out. And some people, when you take out the fat, it only uh, increases the appearance of that cellulite. Mm-hmm. So liposuction's out, lasers are out, Endermology is out. How about all of these topical treatments that we have? I mean, I've seen so many, quote unquote, cellulite, you know, removing creams that contain things like retinoids, lactic acids and caffeine that are supposed to strengthen the skin, shrink cellulite fat and build collagen and elastin to gird up that connective tissue. And these creams, Kristen, are the kinds of things that can provide that temporary effect. I mean, some of those lotions, for example, that have caffeine in them, yes, that can stimulate the skin. It kind of irritates it, actually. And again, it just makes it puffy so that the cellulite itself is hidden. But the second you stop using the lotion, that effect's going to go away. And something to keep in mind when you're you know, weighing whether to buy into a cellulite treatment is that if this connective tissue theory is true, is cr- the correct one, any treatment is going to have to essentially change the structure of our connective tissue, which is under our skin, and no lotion can penetrate that deeply into our skin to change that makeup. So it's kind of a, it would kind of have to be a, an involved treatment uh, to, to really work. So really, it seems like with all these temporary treatments, what they do if they actually lessen the appearance of cellulite is they cause tissues to swell up and 
irritate the skin so that it puffs up so much that it hides the dimples. Even with things like dry brushing, there are those cellulite mm-hmm. brushes that you can get. Same thing. It's just puffing irritating. Yeah, irritating and puffing things up. Um, there's also an old remedy that uh, consists of mixing warm coffee grounds with olive oil and then wrapping the mixture around your legs with plastic wrap. I guess to get the, get that caffeine injection and get the skin all puffed up. So again, it's just, it's just puffing up the skin. You're not actually getting rid of cellulite. And again and again, with all of these sources, when they talk to dermatologists, they say there is no clear cut cure for cellulite. So if you're spending a lot of money that you don't have trying to get something to work, you know, this doesn't have to be a necessary expense in your budget. It might be kind of nice just to realize that if 90% of women have this, you're not the only person walking around with cellulite. No matter how egregious it seems to you, you are not alone out there with your dimply skin. But one last thing that we haven't touched on that I was wondering about in terms of reducing the appearance of cellulite is what about just plain old-fashioned exercise and healthier diet? That is a very good point, Kristen, because, it, I mean, to some extent, it makes sense that if we do things that rid the fat from our body, then the fat that's underneath our skin would disappear. But you can't target this, this cellulite specifically. I mean, yes, we should all be exercising. We should all be eating, eating healthfully just for our own health. And for some women, it is true that when they exercise, their cellulite goes away. But cellulite, we got to remember, affects skinny women. It affects overweight women. So it's not some magic number on the scale that will get us cellulite free either. In fact, just to demonstrate these kind of individual differences with cellulite and weight loss, there was a recent study published in the Journal of American Society of Plastic Surgeons that found that while weight loss for a lot of overweight women did reduce the severity of cellulite, it actually exacerbated the look of cellulite in some of the women in the study. So it's kind of a crapshoot. The, the old crap cellulite crapshoot. I mean, I hate to end it on such a bummer of a note, but it's true. There is no long-lasting way to get rid of it. It's something that we might just have to come to terms with and accept. And maybe one day science will catch up to our our lady fears. And in the meantime, let's just embrace the sisterhood of cellulite. You know, it's one thing that men don't have like our, our breasts and our vaginas. So maybe it's time for us to embrace cellulite too. Although I will say a very few select group of men can have cellulite, particularly if they're androgen deficient. Uh, men who might be going through that male mo- menopause we've discussed before. Ah. Sometimes that hormone uh, buildup can cause the appearance of cellulite. So I don't want to leave all the men out completely. That's very, they can be in our sisterhood too. Okay. (laughs) We'll let them into our sisterhood. In the meantime, if you would like to send us your thoughts on cellulite and other delightful topics, email us at momstuff at howstuffworks.com or you can leave a comment on our Facebook page. So let's read a couple of emails right now. Chris and I have one here from Mary, and it's about our Halloween costume podcast. Mary writes, as a full-figure girl, I always hated planning on what I was going to be for Halloween because I knew anything I would like wouldn't come in my size. So in true tradition, I waited until the day of my friend's Halloween party to get my costume. I was listening to your podcast while searching for my lame kitten ears when I heard your suggestion of a sexy suffragette. I just loved the idea so much that I ran to my local craft store to buy a straw hat and ribbon. 
Almost everyone at the party got that I was a suffragette, and once I pointed out that my wrists and ankle were exposed, it made me a sexy suffragette. Also, surprisingly, every girl at the party knew the song Sister Suffragette from Mary Poppins. And I have to say, that is my favorite song from that movie. Sister Suffragette. So thanks, Mary. Glad we could help. Well, I've got an email here from Aaron, and this is in regard to our Lady Killers podcast. And Aaron writes, in my third year of law school, I took my rigorous writing course on law and psychology. I've always been intrigued by the stories of women who kill their children. And because I was about five months pregnant with my first child, I chose that as the topic of my paper. Researching and writing the paper takes an entire semester. So as my research progressed, so did my pregnancy. I was about eight months along and showing quite a bit when my professor stopped me one evening after class. She informed me that another student at the school had alerted the dean that a fairly pregnant woman was reading a book entitled Women Who Kill Their Children in the Student Lounge. My professor assured the dean that I was merely researching my paper topic and that I had no intentions of harming my eagerly anticipated first child. After that, I researched my topic only while at home. I love that story. So Thank funny. you so much for sharing, Aaron. Uh, and of course, we love to hear your stories as well. Again, the email address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. Or you can share it with everyone over on our Facebook page. Head over there and like us and leave a comment. Say hello. Follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. And then lastly, you can read our blog during the week. It's stuff mom never told you at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. The HowStuffWorks.com iPhone app is coming soon. Get access to our content in a new way. Articles, videos, and more, all on the go. Check out the latest podcasts and blog posts, and see what we're saying on Facebook and Twitter. Coming soon to iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.